0: Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: A science story,
0: These huh? NYU scientists—they
1: felt, felt, felt. I felt
0: right. I
2: was so I just happy.
1: Thought, well, I figured
0: it out. It was that tall. golden moment because
1: science was on my side.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true, personal stories about science. I am your host, Aaron Barker, and I'm on my own today, as my intrepid companion Liz Neely is currently in Australia, doing Australian things. <laughs> but the show must go on. So this week, we're presenting stories about the ways in which some people are ignored, dismissed, and actively told they don't belong in science. The title of this episode is Barriers. Over the years, we've had a lot of stories on the podcast about imposter syndrome, that feeling that you are an imposter, that you don't belong or deserve success. Imposter syndrome has been found to be more prevalent in high achievers and in women and underrepresented racial, ethnic, and religious minorities. It can come from our own feelings of self-doubt, for sure, but I think sometimes it's worth thinking about whether those feelings of inadequacy are coming from within you or from a toxic environment around you. Which is why I love this article by neuroscience PhD student Christine Liu in Quartz called Imposter Syndrome Isn't the Problem, Toxic Workplaces Are. As Christine points out, it's easy to have imposter syndrome if the people around you are treating you like, well, an imposter. (laughs) And our stories today give us a glimpse at that experience. Our first story is from Shanice Mosley. It was recorded in May 2019 at Caveat in New York City. The show was presented in partnership with Math for America.
1: On the first day of school, I enter my classroom and I'm so excited to see all of the new faces. I scan the 34 or so new AP Chemistry students that sit in front of me and I see two black faces. Two. In their faces, I see me. In 1998, I was a student at PS30 in the south side of Jamaica, Queens. Um, I grew up in Rochdale Village. And if you've ever flown out of JFK, you have definitely seen it. Um, It's the 20 or so brick buildings that sort of shoot out into the skyline. Um, I attended PS30 from the time I was in pre-K, and it was a very close-knit community. I knew everyone I went to school with, even the teachers. They lived in our community. So it wasn't a rare sight to see teachers shopping at key food or even doing laundry in the basement of our building. Entering the fourth grade changed the trajectory of my entire life. Up until this point, I had only been taught by teachers who look like me. And I mean that in every sense. From pre-K until third grade, I had only been taught by black women. so. It makes sense that when Ms. Rahman entered our school in the fourth grade, um, we were all fascinated. Everything she did and said amazed us. I mean, her clothes, matching pantsuits, and her handwriting, perfect cursive, everything she did just fascinated us. We were astounded. So even though we all hit her with the, huh? face when she announced we would be participating in a science fair, we all obliged. I go home and I tell my grandmother that I need to do a science fair project, to which she says, what's that? And I say, you know, like a volcano. <laughs> to which she replies, uh, you ain't making no volcano in my house. <laughs> So I set out to find a different project. um, And I honestly don't know how I landed on salt crystals. Um, I keep thinking, what did we do before Google? And I'm still drawing a blank. Um, My grandmother gives me $10 to go get materials. And then I discovered that most of the stuff that I needed, we already had in the house. So salt crystals it was, that was my science fair project. Um, And I know you guys are wondering, what did I do with that $10? I spent it on candy, okay? (laughs) Sorry grandma. Um, (laughs) She still doesn't know. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So uh, we had a few weeks to do our experiments and put together our boards. Then one day we had an all morning fair. The teachers and school staff came around and asked us questions about our experiments. And then later that day they announced the winners. So I know you guys are wondering, on the edge of your seats, you're thinking I won first place. I didn't. I won second place. And I cried. I mean, I I boo hoo cried. I Kim Kardashian ugly cried. I mean, I was just so happy. I'm thinking now, you know, I thought my project was so simple. It was just salt and water, you know, it it was cheap, it wasn't complicated. I really didn't think that what I did was science, right? 10 years old, I don't think that scientists look like me. Right, they don't come from the South Side of Jamaica Queens. So fast forward to 2007, I just transferred from Northeastern University to SUNY Albany, and I enrolled in a PChem course or Physical Chemistry. And the chair of the department was actually our lab teacher, oh, it was our, our lab professor. I know they don't like using that, you know, teacher word. Um, and we spent our first lab session going over expectations. We made our lab groups. And then most of us were coming to grips with the fact that no matter what we did for our first paper, it would be underwhelming to him. You know, In his own words, no one gets an A the first time around. So two weeks later, uh, he's handing back our papers. And he's calling us in one by one into the back office to go over what needs to be improved for our next paper. My last name is M. So of course, I wasn't first but name after name is called before me and so my heart's pounding. It's pounding so you know hard I can hear it drumming in my ears. Um, and then I start thinking, uh, maybe he forgot me. That's the first thing. And then after more time goes on, I'm thinking like, shit, my paper's really that bad. So finally he calls me into the office um, and I sit down across from him and he hands me my paper. And there is an A minus, circled in red, on top. Thank you, thank you. So, of course, I'm feeling like, yeah, you know, all right, all right, okay. So, he starts talking to me, you know, and he starts asking me questions. He wants to know a little bit more about me. He starts commenting on how well-written my paper was. Um, How shocked he is about how well-written my paper was. Then he starts asking more questions. So the first question he asks is, where did you go to school? And I say, well, I went to school in New York City. And then he says, private school? And as I say, no, I went to public school, Manhattan Center. Big whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> I just did that because you're sitting there. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I went to public school. I didn't go to private school. Well, you just write so well. I am so impressed. I'm just I'm just shocked. Uh, okay. Do you do you have a tutor? No. Well, uh, I'm you know, I'm I'm just you write so well. Okay. You wouldn't happen to be Haitian, would you? No, I'm not Haitian. Well, I, the reason why I ask is because my son is doing charity work down with the Hadeans, Um, And it would be really nice if I could tell him I met one here. Okay. And that was it. That was our conversation. I got up and I left. Um, I go back to my dorm room and I remember talking to my mom. You know, I just transferred schools. I went from Northeastern to SUNY Albany, so it was a really big deal. This was my first big paper. Um, and I was excited, I, I, you know, A minus. Like I was very happy, I was very proud of what I did. Um, my mom, however, was not as proud. She was not as happy. So she, I tell her the whole exchange and she says immediately, what did he say to you? And then I tell her, I'm like, you know, he complimented how well I wrote, you know, he thought I went to private school, he thought I had a tutor. And she said, you know, he said this to your face. Are you serious? And I'm like, you know, oh my God, okay, let's not do this, mom. You just don't get it. You don't understand, right? You know, it's the chair of the department. he gave me an A minus. He thinks my writing is good. Like, you just don't understand. And I'll never forget that she said to me, No, you don't understand. And that was one of the most difficult conversations that my mother and I ever had. Um, I really didn't get it. Um, How could a compliment be an insult? I mean, he'd given me an A, right? I I should be proud. I should be happy. Um, Wouldn't it have made more sense if he failed me, right? It wasn't until much later um, that I was confronted with some of the soft bigotry from my own colleagues that I look back on this exchange and I see it for exactly what it was. You know, his surprise, right, was rooted in this idea that someone who looks like me shouldn't write like this. That if I were able to perform to a certain caliber, right, there had to be a reason why. Right? Like, what help did I have to get here? I think about this exchange when I look out on my classroom and I see two black students sitting in front of me in my AP Chem class, because that kind of thinking, magnified, right, sets the stage for there to be two black students sitting in my AP Chem classroom. (sighs) Okay. I said I wasn't going to get emotional. Okay. These two stories from my life, almost a decade apart, are not unique, okay? Um, People who look like me have and continue to break down barriers, right? And challenge assumptions about what a scientist, what a chemist looks like. And every single year, day after day, I stand in front of my students, and I hope, I hope that when I look at my black students, When they see me, they see themselves. Thank you.
2: That was Shanice Mosley. Shanice has been a teacher for eight years and currently teaches chemistry, AP chemistry, and science research at Midwood High School in Brooklyn. After attending Northeastern University in SUNY Albany, where she received a Bachelor's of Science in Chemistry, she attended Pace University, where she earned a Master's of Science in Secondary Science Education. A former New York City Teaching Fellow, Shanice is now a Math for America Master Teacher. Before we move on to our next story, just a reminder, you only have one more day to vote in our survey of your favorite stories from the past 10 years of Story Collider. You can find the link on our social media pages or on our website on our 10-year anniversary page. Voting closes tomorrow, Saturday, March 7th, so get on it. And of course, once again, if you can't remember the name of the storyteller or the episode, just describe the story as best you can remember, as much detail as you can. We will figure it out. And speaking of 10 years of Story Collider, we are in full party mode right now, celebrating our 10th birthday this year. Our first 10th anniversary celebration was this week in Seattle, and you can catch more in our cities around the world. We're coming up in St. Louis on March 18th, in Atlanta on March 19th, D.C. on April 8th with Science Friday, Boston on April 22nd, Cambridge, U.K. on April 23rd, and all of this is building up to our grand finale here in New York on May 12th. Tickets are on sale now for the Big Bash in New York, and you can find them at storyclider.org.
0: This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, Like a good neighbor, State
2: Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Our next story is very close to my heart. This storyteller, leilamia Irvine, was kind enough to open both of our shows in Honolulu with an Oli, a Native Hawaiian chant. And throughout my experience working with Leilemia on his story, I was really inspired by his powerful connection to his family, or his ohana, and his culture. And I'm really excited to share his story with you today. It was originally recorded in November 2019 at the ViVi Vi Collective in Honolulu at a show made possible by the Tiffany & Co. Foundation. And it was originally produced for our November 2019 show with SACNES in Honolulu. If you're not familiar with SACNES, it stands for The Society for Advancement of Chicanos, Hispanics, and Native Americans in Science. They're an amazing organization. You can find out more at sacness.org The theme of our show with Sagnus was resilience.
3: Aloha O vow, O Lele Mia. No wain I my own. Ayala ku This is my story. This is my song. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Do you know that song? Mm-hmm. What is that song? But it is, Israel Kamaka Vivo Ole, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Um, that's one of my life anthems since I was a child. And when I go and approach a meeting, I think of a song, I play a song, I think of the words of my family, or I meditate on a Ola Lono or I think of a story. I try to, to center myself. And so before entering my meeting to um, my new Ph.D. advisor, my first week of school, this is probably the song that I would be playing. Um, and why would I play that? Well, rainbows, promises, rainbows are our completion. It's towards something. Um, so I, I grab my CV. I go to this meeting, all stoked and ready. I'm, what am I going to do? What am I gonna do with my PhD? This is like really important conversation with my new advisor. So I meet my advisor at that person's office. We shake hands, hi, how's it going, da-da-da-da. Just sit down and I ease in nicely into not so comfortable chair. And he eases into his nice and cozy chair and says, well, the only reason that you are in this program or got in, is because you're Hawaiian. The only reason you got into this program, Lillimia, is because you're Hawaiian. Fuck you. (laughs) Inside voice. (laughs) Outside voice. Well, as you can see, I just gave you my CV. I think I got in for the merit of my work. You see, I just got back on Sunday from Taiwan uh, for a National Science Foundation experience and doing yada, 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 and doing my science. The mer- meeting carried on, but his countenance didn't change. And I left that meeting heavier. I left that meeting heavier. I left that meeting questioning: Are you a scientist? Are you an engineer? Do I belong? No hui ai ola mau Stand tall, my Hawaii. Stand tall, my Hawai'i. In the time of my great grandparents, and the time of my grandparents, we're saying about 1900s to about the 1940s, they were told a narrative. Hey, if you like get ahead in life, don't be Hawaiian. Hey, you like get ahead in life, be American. In the time of my parents' generation some, this is not representative of all Hawaiians, uh, from like the 1940s to the 1960s. No, you can't go college. You can't be a doctor. Why? Um Hawaiians don't go to college. In the time of my ninth grade year, um I got into a nice school, and I every lab report that I turn in, every lab report I would write back, get him back, get the PIPA back. You look at the PIPA. If you continue to write like this, you'll never be a scientist. If you continue to be like this, you'll never be a scientist. You can't cut it, your grades aren't good enough. Um, I was fortunate. Go on to University of Hawaii at Manoa, uh, studying bioengineering, um, and then I'm I'm in a meeting. I get into this prestigious summer inter summer internship, and one of the white females participants we're having lunch, and then goes to say, "The only reason you got into this program is because you're Hawaiian." Um, fast forwarded to the end of my undergraduate program I sit down with a respected scholar in my field that's a professor and go offers me hey what are you going to do next i want to do a phd program oh okay um you should work for me oh cool what can you offer me oh see i don't have money really and then that person goes, wait, are you Hawaiian? I was like, yeah. Oh, you can get your own money. Hawaiians get their own money. Hawaiians get their own scholarships. But work for me for free. I get into my PhD program, and I had an advisor once tell me, I didn't hire you because I believed you, you, you can't do the math. What? That's already, I already had two publications. And even to the present day, January 2019, I give a presentation, I give an oli to welcome the space at this physics conference uh, for educators from all, from all over Hawaii. And this person from the Department of Education goes up to me after the talk. Excuse me, where are you from? Turn my head. I'm from here. No, 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 where are you really from? i Hawaiian, why? No, 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 you said you got a PhD. I said, yeah. So, uh, or you are getting your PhD in engineering? I said, yeah. See, Hawaiians can't get PhDs in engineering. This is present day. Mamaka kaua Band of warriors come together. You see, when I grew up with my family, we practice a practice called mo'o ku'o ho. Say that mo'o ku'o ho. It means genealogy. We have our a'lalo, our tongue, to o'lalo, to speak a mo'olalo, a story of our mo'olalo, of our history, of our mo'o ku'o of our genealogy. I have these books, we have these posters, we have all these things about documents, documenting our time, our place here in Hawaii. And in those stories, I hear my auntie saying, hey, you know what, boy, you come from Great Navigators. We sailed here from the stars, from the elements. Because you know what, we studied that. Hey boy, we great. make great systems of loikalo, tarot patches, and to divert the, wor- the water without diminishing the water's quality and without diminishing its effects on the ecology of this aina to not only feed ourselves, but then return it to feed the aina itself. I descend from great warriors. I descend from great scientists. That's who I am. That's what I listen to. You know, I come from a place called White Anai. Everyone say that. If you know where that is, I come from the west side of this island, and there's stereotypes that say that we're a different type of people. We get third degree. And I'm proud of that. Why? Because we get the gift of gab. We get all these gifts because we know how to survive, we know how to thrive, on this aina. And that's a beautiful story that we weave into our mōkū hau, our, geneal- our genealogy books. But that is my papakuru, my foundation, in which I stand. O o hawaii nei. A new dawn is arriving to my native people of Hawaii. During my PhD program, I switched advisors four times. Four times. Four changes. I had one advisor tell me, you know, Lelemia. You know, Lelemia, you know you're studying right if you're going a little bit cuckoo. You know you're not studying right, even though if you're studying 12 hours a day, if you're not going cuckoo. Oh, you must be partying every Friday and drinking. The moment I was told that, I quit drinking for three years. Fuck you. Why? I know who I am. I had another advisor tell me one time, many times, actually, not more than one, more than one time. You know, Lili Miam, if you're not willing to kill yourself for this PhD, you're not doing it right. If you're not willing to kill yourself for this PhD, you're not doing it right. Spin, spin, Everything turns upside down. I had a hard time sleeping. I was fortunate to live in the dorms on the 12th floor, penthouse, I call it. But it spun. I start to close myself to the world. I closed myself off to my family. I cut hula for 10 months in my life. I cut the joys of my life. I would wake up crying uncontrollably. One time my sister was like, what the fuck? Hey, hala. What's happening? I don't know. I don't know. These fucking da-da-da-da-da-da. You know what? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I can't control myself. I couldn't control myself. I live on the 12th floor, yeah? So you can see right over the edge. I have eight journals. And it came to a point. I don't want to, for this PhD, I wrote, I don't want to, in caps, Blank for this PhD. No na No A new dawn has arrived for us, the native people of Hawaii. I give everything to my people so my legacy can live on. Boom, that was an aha moment. I sought out help. I went to a friend in a different type of services. I didn't really have the mentorship within my circle of scientists or in my discipline of engineers. I had a bigger circle. Now let me up. on the on the she went put her this piece of paper on top of the um table you see this number call this person six sessions on me free i go to the first session and it keeps going and just seeing how i'm doing and then point blank are you contemplating suicide are you thinking to kill yourself are you going to off yourself That's my response. I got so puhiva, I got really scared, sweaty palms, like fuck, I don't want to be found out. Thank her, closed the meeting, got to go. I didn't go to the next five sessions. I was about to defend. I was about to defend, and I had fucking no time. But, oh Allah, it woke me up. It awakened something inside me. If I off myself, what good is that for my people? If I off myself, I can't show face to I. I can't show face to my ohana, six feet under. I chose. My culture saved my life. I can't off myself. I was given some gifts. I don't have a successor. And I need to ensure that the successor lasts on for more than a thousand years. My culture saved my life. During that time of about to defend, I applied for my dream job. I didn't believe I could do it, but I applied anyway. Then in April of this year, of April of 2019, I get a phone call on my mobile device. Aloha. Aloha. Is this a Yes. Aloha. Who this? Oh, I'm so-and-so. I'm from the University of Hawaii at Manoa. I mean, not Manoa, West Oahu. Because my position is at Manoa. Uh, I just want to call you to congratulate you. You got the job. I just want to let you know, you got the job for the merit of your work. You got the job for the merit of your work. I got the dream job. I'm going home. Now I can show face. You see, I just learned at the Sockness Conference, apparently I'm the first Native Hawaiian physics professor specializing in physics, not astronomy. And it's my goal to indigenize the curriculum. I was told that was not even engineering. That's why I couldn't pursue it for my, my PhD. But that's okay. I have a lifetime. And what I want to do is to share and impart the knowledge of the ancestral knowledge that was passed down to me and that's growing within all of us, to awaken not only the Hawaiian ways of knowing, but your ancestral way of knowing and being within you. And make it your own. So the next time when someone comes up to you, eh, you can't be an engineer, eh, you can't be one physicist, eh, you can't be one scientist, eh, you can't be a um, mathematician, or whatever it is you want to be. Or, you know, they come up to you and say, hey, you know what, the only reason you got into this program or you got hired for this is because you're in diver- one diversity higher. Go like this, so what? So what? Don't give them your mana. Just give them. Be no ko'oi. Be the best. Just give them. And only give them your best. You know, don't give them any fucks. Just be you. Cause know who you are. Know the names of your ancestors. Know the history of your people. Know all of that, because that genius is inside you, that ancestral DNA is going to awaken. And you know what? You give them the fire. You give them the water, and you give them all the elements that created you. But not everything. Don't give them your mana. So just give them. If you know this song, uh Ha'ahel, let's just sing it, because that is another anchoring song that's in my life now. Because you know what? This country of Hawaii is awakened, and we're lighting up. Light up yourself. Be you. Ku oh ku Hawaii, ma oh My culture saved my life, your culture will save your life, our cultures will save this world. Kukia
2: that was Leilemia Irvine. Leilemia is a lineal descendant from the aboriginal families that sprouted out of the land of Vianai Hi'o'ahu. He is an assistant professor of physics at the University of Hawaii at West O'ahu. He is now at his dream job as a professor, but as we heard, the road to get there was not a breeze. In 2019, he became the first Native Hawaiian man to earn a Ph.D. in the Civil and Environmental Engineering Program at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Lelemea says as far as he knows, presently there are fewer than 10 Native Hawaiians with a Ph.D. in any engineering discipline in the world. In his doctoral research, Lelemea studied the physics of stormwater within a bioswale using predictive and computational approaches. He is a self-described rain farmer, a term he coined when his father, who has dementia, asked him what he was studying in school, which I think is really beautiful. The Story Collider is grateful for Shanice and Lailamia, as well as the support of Science Sandbox, a Simons Foundation initiative dedicated to engaging everyone with the process of science. The Story Collider is led by me, Artistic Director Aaron Barker, as well as Executive Director Liz Neely with help from Deputy Director Nissa Greenberg, Operations Manager Lindsay Cooper, and the rest of our amazing team. The stories featured in today's podcast were from shows produced by Gastor Almonte, Nissa Greenberg, me, Erin Barker, and Miriam Zeringholm. The podcast is edited by our podcast team, including Jun Chin and Gwen Hogan. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to Caveat and the Vibeye Collective for hosting these shows, and to everyone out there feeling like an imposter right now. Thanks for listening.